Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Around 30 years ago, a new cadet on the Durham Region Police Force got an idea. He would organize a basketball game in a slam dunk contest for high school kids. Each school would send their top players. They would be divided into two teams, East and West. The winners would get to go see the Chicago Bulls play. It was 1994, and Michael Jordan was the premier player at the time. That same cadet, with the go-get-em enthusiasm, now sits in the deputy chief's office at the Coburg Police Station. His name is Jeff Haskins, and he was sworn in this past Tuesday. The position has remained vacant since 2019 when the current chief, Paul Vandegraaff, was promoted. Haskins spoke with Consider This earlier this week to share his vision for the new job and share a bit about himself in the process. Here is the Deputy Chief, Jeff Haskins. I'm so pleased to have with me today Deputy Chief Jeff Haskins, who was sworn in to take on his new position earlier this week. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you, uh, Rob. It's, uh, it's really great to be here. I'd like to begin by asking you, what made you decide you wanted to work for the Coburg Police Department? Well, I have uh, just uh, finalized a almost 30-year career with uh, the Durham Regional Police Service, and I uh, was looking for the kind of the next step in, uh, in terms of my career. I, I'm still uh, under 50. Um, and so I was looking for um, a, another leadership challenge and certainly what drew my attention uh, was the um, opportunity that was posted to the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police website and that's where I learned of the opportunity and, and uh, I saw the posting and many of the uh, responsibilities and some of the uh, kind of material there really drew to me in terms of how uh, progressive and, and uh, forward-thinking this service was, so I sought out this opportunity. For those who are listening who might not fully understand the role of a deputy chief, can you explain your job? Well, uh, you know, much like the chief of police, um, you know, your role is to, uh, is to, is to steward the organization. Uh, you know, policing is um, is one of the, the pillars of, that protects our democracy overall. And you know, along with the justice system and the system of laws, and and you know, in each jurisdiction there is a police service, and to which there is a chief of police that over sets out the public safety agenda for the area of jurisdiction. And I see the deputy chief of police supporting that, and in many situations operationalizing the um uh the the organization and and 
fulfilling the vision that is set out by the organization itself. Uh, you know, the deputy chief is responsible to the police services board, um, you know, and, and in this case, you know, the uh, Coburg Police Service has a real champion in, uh, in Chief uh, Paul Vandegraaff, and uh, he has a bold and enthusiastic uh, agenda that he has set out to ensure that we provide the most excellent service uh, in, uh, in Coburg and to the residents and the visitors and those people who call Coburg their home. You spent your entire 30-year career at the Durham Region Police Services. You worked in numerous positions over that time, and it's a large, well-known police service serving close to 500,000 people with lots of opportunity to do a wide range of policing compared to Coburg, which is a small town of less than 20,000. You mentioned that there was a description in the uh, posting for the job that attracted you what challenges and opportunities do you see coming to work for a much different police department? Yeah, no, that's just certainly going to be the biggest adjustment that, uh, that I'm going to have to, uh, to make is adapting from an organization which has multiple layers, so many different dimensions, so many different moving parts. But the, uh, the difference, I think, when you put it into context with regards to Coburg is that Coburg um, as much as there aren't as many layers, there's not as many people, there's not as many residents, the same proportional issues that impact public safety here. You, in Coburg, um, you become far more of a utilitary, a utility, utility player, so to speak, um, where, you know, in Durham, I may have had the opportunity to call our human resources department or our fleet services department or perhaps even the legal services department to uh, make a specific decision. In Coburg, you know, there's, uh, there isn't as many um, units or pieces that support the overall uh, which uh, policing effort, which that in and of itself, you know, stretches me uh, as well and from, as, from a leadership point of view. But what I can tell you is, is in terms of my overall career and the experiences that I've had, it's certainly, in my opinion, you know, I've had the opportunity to play different roles throughout my career, which I think uh, positioned me well to be successful in an environment where I'm going to have to bring all of that to bear. I'm going to have to bring all of my various skills and experiences uh, to this new role. So to me, that was really what attracted me to this opportunity. So um, I'm hoping that I will uh, be successful and people will see me as a successful leader uh, in Coburg. You mentioned earlier that when you read the job description, there were things that attracted you, that caught your eye. What were some of those things that caught your eye that piqued your interest? So in, in Coburg, you know, there are a number of different things that are unique. Uh, one of which is that, you know, they have um, established this very um, innovative section called Venture 13. And Venture 13 is essentially uh, a tech, a police tech or technology incubator. And, you know, I wrote a paper uh, some time ago about the, the need for police services to invest in research and innovation 
to be able to have the ability to see round corners, to see what the next thing is and invest in that, just like most major corporations do. And, you know, when I read uh, kind of the profile of uh, Coburg Police Service and some of the relationships and partnerships that they have, you know, that simply, uh, you know, spoke to me in, in the fact that, I, you know, I'd already uh, was an advocate for that. And so from that point of view, Coburg is extremely progressive. That's really interesting because um, I know that you were very involved in the use of social media in policing very, very early on. Um, what has been your relationship with innovation and technology and policing? Well, I can tell you that in, in, uh, in, in 2002, I was involved directly in a project that brought you know, uh, a new emerging technologies project to Durham, which was essentially setting up a um, digital intercept site, which is uh, during my assignment to the intelligence branch. And for that is a, um, uh, a facility that does wiretapping and bugging of people's homes and uses technology to monitor uh, people's activity to disrupt illicit and organized crime. So that was kind of my early days of using technology to our advantage. And, and also when I was at, uh, involved in the intelligence branch, we, um, we put together a, uh, an emerging technologies plan for that unit to, to begin to use technology uh, in terms of creating uh, digital evidence management of highly sensitive information uh, using uh, secure, at that time it was secure faxes, which were, were te technology that was used by the military. Um, and uh, also using a system to uh, digitize traditional information, which was paper documents from years gone by when everything was either typewritten or handwritten and turning that into uh, digital evidence that we can search uh, within our own systems. So you're, you're quite correct, Rob. Uh, you know, I was involved in the use of social media initially in our, when, our, when Durham Regional Police launched the use of social media to connect and engage with the community. And um, uh, certainly uh, we used a number of different uh, research bodies, one being the Capstone Project of, uh, at Ontario Tech to kind of advise us on the best use of social media and how to leverage that. Um, we also hosted a, uh, a social media symposium in the past, um, Durham Regional Police did, to bring police services together to talk about uh, the use of technology uh, as we move into the, this new millennium uh, in, in that policing context, that is. Are you a bit of a geek? Um, I, I wouldn't describe myself that way, but you know, it's certainly, uh, um, I'm just trying to use anything and everything that makes us much more effective at the work that we do. I realize you haven't been on the job very long, but I also imagine that you did your research before you applied for the position of deputy chief mm -hmm. during the interview. I'm sure they asked you, what is your vision for this job in Coburg? You know, uh, you know, I envision, um, a, uh, a police, uh, you know, a police service that is totally immersed and engaged with the community itself, where there are partnerships that are established so that we uh, ensure that we reduce uh, our reliance on um, the various traditional structures where we are in more uh, enforcement focused 
and more specifically focused on, you know, community safety and well-being of all our members. And certainly the changing um, the act, the Community Safety and Policing Act, kind of re represents a generational reframing in the principles of policing overall. And, it, you know, it modernizes the structure of, of police organizations where, you know, we uh, make sure that people get the support and advocacy that they deserve socially. And, you know, uh, police departments are, are social contract constructs. And so the community gets to decide what they expect from us. And, you know, overall, you know, we haven't done a great job as an industry or as a sector at uh, adapting to change. But, you know, I think that we're at a juncture where in our, in our sector where, you know, we have to be adaptive uh, to the no new social expectations. And so for me, it's, uh, it's all about, you know, the basic principles um, uh, that were set out by Sir Robert Peel, where, you know, the police are the public and the public are the police and that we uh, want to be able to provide this, the, the most resilient, respectful service that we possibly can to ensure that uh, the community itself uh, is one that is healthy and secure and feels good about the community that we live in. And, and that certainly would be my vision for, for Coburg Police Service to support Chief Vandegraaff in that effort. And I certainly know that he shares that perspective. What are the biggest challenges then you see for the Coburg Police Department? In terms of challenges is, 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 is although, you know, um, innovation is infused into its DNA here, um, there are still a number of uh, buckets of work like the uh, introduction of body-worn cameras, the res um, responding to um, what I would describe as uh, an opioid, we're in, a, in a, it's an opioid crisis to some extent and you know how as a community, will we deal with this differently? Um, you know, I think that uh, from a crime perspective, obviously, I think we need to ensure that we continue to focus on, on that aspect of things. And, you know, people who are precariously housed and, uh, you know, some of the social supports that we can offer to people who have addictions and all of those things that kind of impact people's quality of life. When you applied for the job in Coburg, you said in an interview with Ron Fanfare, you didn't know a lot about Coburg when you first saw the job posting. What have you learned about Coburg outside the police force since then? Well, I, I know that there is, um, you know, in terms of uh, the community itself, there's, it's a community of about 20,000 people. And, and as you indicated earlier, I'm coming from a community of over. 500,000 people, I think it's actually going to be closer to three quarters of a million people uh, going forward. I know that this is a community that everybody is extremely proud of. And, you know, it's the feel good community of Ontario and Canada. Um, you know, I know there's like, there's going to be a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of growth, you know, when you put it into proportions with the population in, in uh, Colbert, because I, I'm aware that there are a number of um, housing projects that are on the horizon. Um, 
But uh, I also know that there are a number of visitors that come to Coburg uh, seasonally as well um, because of the, uh, the, that unique boutique style downtown that, it, that still exists, a real sense of community that still exists and all of the different events and things that bring people together, which really, um, you know, highlight uh, how proud people feel of this community. And so, you know, I know that that's the community that I'm coming to. I feel very proud to actually be here and uh, to have been selected for this uh, executive opportunity. And so um, that those are the, the things that I know this far. And, you know, over the next several months, I'm going to spend time listening to residents, business owners, uh, service club members and the members of the police service so that they can educate me on on um, on the things that are important to people that live here people that work here people who call co-work their home throughout your career you've been involved in diversity equity and inclusion efforts can you explain what that is and tell us what you hope to do to improve on these aspects of the local police yeah, I, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, assignments that I, I never asked, uh, you know, in, in Durham Regional Police, I never ever wanted to be defined by my race or my background and what have you. I always wanted merit to uh, be associated with the work that I do. But, you know, as a member of the Black community, you know, there was a, um, an assignment uh, to the our executive within this, the, the Durham Regional Police, where uh, I was asked to redevelop the equity and inclusion strategic plan for the organization. And I can tell you that, you know, as much as I resisted the role because I thought that people would only assume that I was assigned to that opportunity just simply because I was um, the token black person that was a, was selected for this, I can tell you that it's the opportunity that I am am most appreciative that I had, and I'll tell you why is because there are a lot of things that are in policing where um, there are members that have a feeling that they are not treated as equitably uh, and as inclusively as they um, would like. We want our industry and our police service members to be able to bring their whole self, self to work. And I, I'm pretty confident in saying that, you know, traditionally policing was comprised, uh, at least in Canada and in the Ontario experience of, of white heterosexual men uh, would join the police department and even the uh, inclusion of women, even in the early ages, um, we really have not been able to create a gender balance in policing over the years. And, you know, this is one of the most complex roles that I have uh, I've worked in um, because people aren't asking for us to do this type of work. Uh, people, especially internally, but what I can say is externally, people expect us to be different expect us to be an inclusive employer, employers, expect us to provide an inclusive service to the communities uh, that we serve. And so uh, it's one of the roles where it helped even in terms of my own uh, personal development and dimension to uh, help me refine my ability to develop relationships with people who are resistant to the idea of uh, 
the change that is necessary to make our organizations as equitable as they possibly can be and then as an inclusive. And there are a lot of people that don't see themselves inside our police services because they literally don't see diverse representation inside police organizations in terms of its membership. And so we have to position ourselves for success so that we, because we police a global community, especially in Canada. Um, so, you know, my role um, in Durham was to, to look externally and internally to um, steward the uh, and implementation of various programs that uh, provide uh, human equity and human difference training to our members. Uh, we had a number of different forums that we hosted. Uh, they were called Speak Up Durham so that people could have their say, share with them their feelings about uh, the organization and, and it, where it is on the scale of being an inclusive and equitable police organization. Um, it set out a variety of different um, the plan that we developed in concert with the community set out a, a variety of different priorities uh, that were aligned with the business plan. Um, it, we uh, also uh, dealt with some of the issues through internal member forums to make sure that the, those um, groups and, or, and people from different populations, women, the LGBTQ community, from uh, the various racialized communities, uh, had a voice as to how they felt uh, as members of that organ of of that organization, and I know many other police organizations are are having these same discussions uh, even uh, today. Um, well, it's interesting what what you're saying, and you're talking a lot about Durham, and and in fact, I know you in 2017. Uh, didn't you win an award uh, from a P flag uh, for uh, the work you did in homophobia and transphobia? I mean, it's certainly. Uh, uh, prestigious things that you've done but i'm curious as to what's going to happen in coburg how are you going to translate that to here and, and what do you hope to see happen here well i think that this is uh this is the work is never done when it talks when you when you um, put it in the context of equity and inclusion there are always things that we can do to make sure that there's fairness impartiality there's um uh equity assigned to the work that we do and you know I think it's early days Rob to uh, to be able to stay say specifically because I know that the town has a number of initiatives underway I'm hoping to join uh, in on that conversation I think that you know equity and inclusion work is is not just the role of a deputy chief or a specific member I think it's incumbent upon all of us as members of of a police service and even of society to to play our role uh, to be uh, um, accepting and inclusive of everyone that we interact with, whether you're um, able-bodied or not, whether you're you have um, uh, whatever issue that sets you apart from the rest of the community in terms of who you are and what you, how you identify yourself. I think that's work that we all should be working towards. So I'm, I'm, I am really looking forward to, uh, to that aspect of things as well. You mentioned earlier about recognizing the uh, opioid crisis in our community. And about a year ago, uh, you were at a press conference uh, following a major drug bust in the Bowmanville area where you were talking about a $2 million in drugs being seized and multiple charges being laid. What new ideas do you bring to the table to help us here in Coburg deal with this ongoing problem? Well, like uh, 
many communities, uh, illicit drugs and addiction are ongoing battles for the police and the community agencies to work with marginalized uh, individuals. There's two pieces of this uh, that I think that we need to focus on. There's a, a piece of this where people uh, have monetized the distribution of illicit drugs um, so that they can profit from this. And that's the piece where, you know, I used to do a lot of work in intelligence about uh, the interdiction of, organ of factions that engage in organized crime. And I think uh, that work needs to continue, but I think there's, uh, there's a, a lot of work and, you know, that project that you referred to, uh, Project Sorrento, and then we did a follow-up was, was Project Verona, which uh, focused on uh, trying to link the distribution of illicit drugs, opioids, tox this toxic poison that is being dis disseminated uh, to, and the deaths that have come from that to back to, to the distribution network. And so um, that piece of it, I think is, is still, uh, obviously will always be a work in progress um, because there will always be a faction of people that will try and um, exploit uh, others through this and then make, and make money that will fund illegal activity in our communities. But I think the next stage, and I know that the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police have really come out, come forward and began this discussion about the potential decriminalization of, of specific uh, drug-related charges so that simple possession and things of that nature are not necessarily perpetuating um, the marginalization of specific people who, and starting to treat some of this as a health issue rather than a, uh, a criminal issue. Coburg has its youth and policing program. And I noticed in preparing for this interview that as a cadet back in 1994, you organized a high school basketball and slam dunk contest in Whitby. <laughs> yes. do, you, do you remember doing that? Yeah, well, you know what I did. You must, you are an investigative journalist. I'm telling you, Rob, because uh, you know that brings back great memories of when I first started. I started in '91, actually, and and uh, you know that that basketball tournament. You know, I was a basketball player in uh, in my high school years, and uh, I also was connected or worked at what would be now Sport Check. Even when I was a cadet, I, uh, I maintained a part time job. At the sporting goods store, and it was called Collegiate Sports, but now Sport Check. And and uh, through that, those relationships and connections at that time, I organized a uh, basketball tournament for uh, it was called the All Star Event, that was sponsored by the police service. And uh, Chief Trevor McCaggerty at that time uh, was really focused on building positive relationships with young people, and uh, so I asked came at that time if I would be able to go out to the community and get some support uh, for organizing this basketball tournament. And we brought all 28 high schools from Durham region at that time together and each team, each school got to select their top player to pay on an East-West All-Star uh, team. And then uh, we also had a slam dunk contest and the winner of that slam dunk contest actually got to go to see a uh, Chicago Bulls game uh, where Michael Jordan would be playing uh, in Chicago, all expenses paid. And this was a, kind of a collaborative effort on behalf of the 
police department and uh, many of the community businesses and organizations that wanted to support it. So yeah, good times, good memories too, Rob. Have you kept that affinity for youth? And I was curious to know like what you'd like to see done in terms of improving relations uh, with the town's young people. Yeah, I, you know, I tried to do it as much as I can. I still consider myself fairly youthful, but you know, I do realize and certainly uh, uh, that I'm, I'm no longer one of these people that would even be able to be defined as a young person or, or as a youth. But you know, I, uh, in my early um, years and career and what have you, I, I may, was a big brother uh, and was on the board of directors for Big Brothers. Um, at one point, I also uh, organized and uh, went out and started a uh, youth camp that was called, a, a leadership camp was called Champions of Change, um, which where it uh, focused on uh, youth and disadvantaged youth to, to develop leadership skills. Uh, and uh, to my knowledge, I actually believe the camp is, is May be still running in some fashion or another but you know that was the kind of commitment that I had at that time to doing a variety of different things and certainly I've had a connection especially in the work that I used to do uh, in uh, in the place that my former <laughs> environment I um, did certainly focus on uh, the youth and policing program that was there uh, to the extent that I could and uh, we most recently um, in uh, the Clarington area are, we're trying to ensure that the youth had a voice as part of the community safety plan, um, as part of the planning process to that, where we bring together um, residents, uh, businesses and youth together to help us form the community safety plan for that particular area. And so certainly everything that we do is connected to uh, ensuring that we prepare our youth to be leaders of tomorrow. And I've certainly tried to play a role in that. If there was one thing about yourself that had nothing to do with policing that you could share with listeners, what would that be? Well, you know, I, I'm one of these people that takes, no matter what I get myself into, I take a deep dive, whether it's work, whether it's the, the, the things that I've done in my community, whether it's my relationships with friends and family, uh, what have you, I, I, um, I, I'm one of these personalities that's kind of all in. I, I give all my, my whole self to others uh, in terms of the, um, you know, what, especially those that I have a strong and connected relationship with. So, you know, I, um, I'm, I also am uh, uh, a very detailed oriented type person. I like things just so that's kind of my thing uh, in terms of being, um, I, don't, I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but anal retentive, so to speak. But people know that, that and it comes from a good place, uh, especially when, once you get to know me is that uh, I really love uh, to get it right, uh, to, to um, build strong connections with people um, that are lifelong and what have you. And, and so I'm all in, I'm all in in Coburg. I'm all in, in the job. Um, you know, I, I, am uh, going to sustain and maintain the friendships that have brought me to this place in life, uh, thus far, uh, from my, uh, relationships to the people in Durham region and, and even prior to that, but, uh, I'm all in Rob. 
Deputy Chief Jeff Haskins, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Rob, and uh, for this, for this, and a warm welcome to, to Coburg. And uh, I look uh, forward to many further discussions that we will have uh, over the months and years ahead. That was Jeff Haskins, the new Deputy Chief of the Coburg Police Force. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.